Tonight, we're going to take a trip to Central America, specifically Panama, for this episode. Did you know that Panama is home to some very bizarre foods, such as huevos de toro, which is bull's balls? Other common foods are sow, a pig's foot in a vinaigrette dressing, a drink called icing glass, which is essentially algae, bofe, which is cow lungs, and guacho, which is soup with rice and pig's tail, and even more. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. I'll take one order of guacho soup, maybe minus the pig's tail. Suspected human remains and hiking boots found during the search for two young Dutch women have been confirmed to have belonged to the girls. Two different types of shoes and bones were found last Thursday as search teams stepped up efforts to find the girls who disappeared while hiking in Panama. A backpack belonging to the young women was first discovered by a local resident earlier this month. After DNA tests were carried out, the identity of one of the bones was confirmed. Hey guys, welcome back to Cryptic Soup. I'm Athena. And I'm Kylie. I have an update. An update? Um, <laughs> I wanted to do it before I forget. So last episode, which is the Idaho 4 murders, I gave three updates and I have updates on two of my three updates. We'll do the uh, least interesting one first. I talk uh, smack about Digital Princess and how she blocked me. Today's her birthday. So that's just kind of funny. <laughs> And we're recording. So that's all. That's the, the whole update. I'm still blocked. Okay. <laughs> um, part two, the second update. Athena. We talked about um, the case with the girl named Athena. She was a child. If you want to know more, you can go back to that episode. They have today officially posted on all broadcasting websites and like news platforms that human remains of a child were found in that area. But we are unsure if they belong to Athena Brownfield or not yet. And we will not know yet until the coroner releases any reports. However, if you're staying up to date on this case, you can be checking CNN or like any other news source for more updates. And right now they did say, though, they have found um, some some child remains. That's sad. Yes. Which is more alarming. I mean, this sounds mean, but it's almost more alarming if they aren't hers. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really tricky situation. We do have to talk about it more anyways about that case, but I'm going to I'm going to write like a little five minute actual piece about what I have to say about it next time. It's just that happened earlier today. And I'm, I I wasn't in the right like I want to sit here and dive into all that today, but I did want to give a small update. We'll update a little bit more on the next episode also. So because it's a small it's a small thing, but it's a big thing because it is a child and it's something that should never happen. Agreed. Um, that's all my updates. What's yours? You had three things. I said I had three things last time and I only have two updates about those three. Sorry. Oh, I don't even remember what my third thing was. Digital princess, Athena, and I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Um, I do have something. So when I was leaving work today, I saw many policemen and many fire trucks and I was like, oh no, something happened. And it was like at the local subway. So I was like, oh, is it like a fire or something? But when I went by, I saw a moped in many different pieces. Mm. So I'm assuming that someone got hit. Um, And there's been quite a few uh, recent 
car accident, car accident type things going on. So let's just take a moment to breathe and to realize that when you are in operation of a vehicle, that you are in charge of not only your life, but others around you. So let's be mindful of that. Um, Yeah, because Kylie also had to hear about there was someone that was in the vicinity of my work and they just weren't paying attention and a vehicle hit a person that was walking and they the person in the car was fine. The person that was walking, um, they they died. And that was just last week. So, yeah, there's been a lot happening in our area. And there's more beyond that, too. So, I mean. Corey rides motorcycles, I claim to ride a motorcycle, but I'm terrified of it. Just. Please pay attention. Please pay attention. Especially also when it's it, people think that the biggest thing is like, oh, well, I'm a safe driver just because you are doesn't mean everyone else on the road is it's not just a one man problem here. So you have to be mindful. Yes, but you have to be mindful of everyone else, which is kind of scary. And that's kind of like shifting the blame in a sense. But it's, it's, it's also not I know you can't control other people, but you don't know if they are or aren't paying attention. So you need to pay double attention and just assume that they're not. Yeah, a lot of people will. Um, well, yeah, I do have a kind of a, a piggyback off of that. Basically, when you learn to ride a motorcycle, you learn how to realize that other people around you don't see you like you literally assume that. And that's because you really don't know. And, you know, you have a helmet on, so it's just like you can't see everywhere. <laughs> Sorry about that. Corey just interrupted us. Um, But yeah, just moral of the story. Make sure you're paying attention. Other people are around you, including people that are not in vehicles. So just pay attention. Yeah. Scary, scary world out there. That sounded sarcastic. It wasn't. Sorry. No, it, it's just. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is. It's weird. So Kylie. Yes, hey. Dana. Hey. What's up? Hi, Dern. Hi, Dern. I got a funny. Do you want a funny? Real yeah, quick let's to like do a light funny. Heart, heart it up. Yeah, because I feel like this one is not funny, right? It's not at all. Yeah. So I try to make jokes all the time with Margie, obviously. And we were around my mother and Margie did something. So I like looked at her and I was like, hello, motherfucker. Hey, hi, how you doing? <laughs> and my mom looked at me and was like, did you just call Margie a mother fricker? <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, ma- um, mom. And then Margie, like, luckily continued the lyric. But my mom was like, "What did you just call her?" Because my mom fucking loves Margie. And I what was is just, that song again? I don't know. It's that little Wayne song, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it's not that world song, is it? Drop the world. Is that what it's called? No, I don't even think. That, is it a Millie? Is it? I don't think it's. I that. don't know, but it's definitely either way. Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, and my mom thought I just like made that sentence up, and I was like, "Wow, you're old." <laughs> so Ooh, boomer, that's my funny of the day. <laughs> okay. So, have you ever heard this case? The Dutch Panama girls, missing Panama girls, the missing Dutch girls. Any of that? Nope. All right. Well, you're in for a not so fun ride. I mean, I enjoy different ethnicities of food. Uh, this doesn't have that much Damn food it. in it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Your little intro was about the most food we're going to talk. I need to watch the menu. Oh, my God. It's such a good movie. I have to watch it. It's good. It's going to make me hungry, though. Yeah. It's also going to make me want to open my restaurant even more. No. (laughs) No. Oh, now I really have to watch it. (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) This episode is about Chris and Lisanne, who were 
Dutch students who disappeared in 2014 while hiking in Panama. That's why it's called the Dutch Panama Girls. After an extensive search, portions of their bodies were found a few months later, but their cause of death could not be determined. There's been a lot of eerie discoveries about this case, and it still has huge speculation in the true crime world with more questions than answers, even after all these years. So there's your little... Sounds fun. Intro. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, Let's get into it. Chris Kramers and Lisanne Froon both grew up in the Netherlands. So Chris was born to Roly and Hans Kremers. So you say Netherlands, huh? Do you want me to say Netherlands? That's what I say. But do you like genuinely say Netherlands? Uh, uh, it depends on how I'm feeling, I guess. You can't switch it up so much. I mean, you can. Like, if I'm talking <laughs> fast, I'll go Netherlands. Like, okay. If I was having... Okay. I'm reading an outline. And I'm talking to the podcast, so I know that I'm not always the easiest to understand. So I'm going to sit here and say they both grew up in the Netherlands. Now, if I was having a conversation to you, I'd be like, so we're going to go over that episode tonight where those two girls grew up in the Netherlands. And we're going to talk about how they went to the because you know how I talk. And yes. if I say that, you're not going to think twice or bad an eye. However, I'm going to enunciate because everyone hates Emphasize the way I talk. everything. Yeah. No, we don't hate the way you talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not in like a mean way. It's just like okay. hard to understand me at times. Um, so they grew up in the, the Netherlands, you know, there we go. There's the in-between. Chris was born to Roly and Hans Kremers on August 9th, 1992. I didn't do my little thing tonight. Sorry about that, guys. I love those names, though. Roly and Hans. Yeah. Is it Roly or is it Raleigh? Oh, it, it might be Roly. It's probably Roly because Ro, R-O-E, Roly. They she, she was born in Amzer for um, the, of the, the Netherlands. Now I'm all, uh, now <laughs> I'm I'm all nervous how I say it. Uh, she had two brothers, one older, one younger. She was said to be really creative, responsible, smart and kind. Chris just had completed her studies in cultural social education, specializing in art education at the University of Urecht. Well, it's probably Utrecht. Okay. Or Utrecht. All right, I'll do I don't know, that. Because my last, my maiden name was CHT at the end, and it was Eck, like the name, the the. It was German. Hmm. Okay, but- so it's probably Utrecht. Okay, I'll go with Utrecht. Oh, Lisanne was born to Diney and Peter Frun, and she was born September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, in Amsterdam, also of the Netherlands. And friends described her as being a risk taker, outgoing, super intelligent and brave. Lisanne loved photography. She also loved playing volleyball and she she dominated at volleyball. She was over six foot tall. So like, dang, yeah, don't come to her on the court. Would you still call it a court on the field, on the net, at the net? I think it's a court. Volleyball court. Yeah, it's a court. court. But in front of the net, don't come to her. She'll spike it at you with the net. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's some smack talk for you guys. Obviously, volleyball is not a thing I'm into. Uh, She graduated with a degree in applied psychology and sciences from Deventer. We have smart girls here. We have smart, beautiful, kind girls that like everyone only could talk good about them. Of course, the brightest lights always get snuffed out the fastest or whatever that Mm -hmm. saying is. Mm -hmm. Lisa Ann was 22 years old at the time of this incident. Chris was 21. They had recently became roommates and they were working together at a cafe called Inden Kleinenhop. Kleinenhop? Inden Kleinenhop. 
They had been working and saving for the past six months at the cafe because they were soon going to be visiting the country of Panama for a six week vacation together. That's a long vacation. Well, it's it's kind of um, a volunteer vacation. So during the vacation, they would be celebrating that Lisanne just graduated, but they would also hope to get better at their Spanish by doing like real world study of like speaking Spanish to people. And they were going to be doing volunteer work in the area during it. So only part of it was vacation and then part of it was like kind of vacation. Yeah, but it was essentially like a habitat for humanity type. Yeah. Okay. On March 15th, 2014, Chris and Lisanne departed from Amsterdam and arrived in Panama to begin their six week adventure. Panama is a small tropical country located north of Colombia. While there, they toured the country of the Isla Colon, 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 and Bocas del Toro. Sounds better than Colon. So let's go with that. Bocas del Toro sounds cool. What does Bocas mean? Because we know de Toro means of the bowl. So what's a Bocas? Bocas of the bowl. Isn't Boca like a bunch of, I'm going to look it up, but I feel like Bocas like is like a type of a like hut, like house. Oh, okay. So like. The family of the bulls. What is? Tell me more, Google. Never mind. It means mouth. <laughs> so mouth of the bull. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> M- bull of the ma- mouth of the bull. Mouth of the bull. But originally I asked Google, what is Bocas? And it instantly gave me all the information for Bocas de to- del Toro. <laughs> so okay. that was my helpful. But. So they were going to be staying there for two weeks while mostly staying in hostels. The place they stayed was a hostel named Spanish by the River. I saw a really funny TikTok last night about hostels. These girls booked a they're like backpacking right now and they pop up on my feed randomly because they like adventure and uh, they booked a hostel and it said that there was a fun nightlife in the area when these girls booked it and they like talked about that and they were like, we did not know that the hostel turns into a rave club from the hours of midnight to 8 a.m. Oh, that's what it meant. And they like updated every hour about how they were like, we just literally haven't slept. It's so heinous. Yeah, it's literally like trying to sleep in a club. And I was like, oh, no, poor girls. That would suck. They need to be a little bit more specific. A little more, because especially if you're coming from overseas and you don't understand maybe how crazy like I want to understand how like I've you're hella seen, jet lagged and all you want to do is sleep for that first day and yeah. then go do things. And yeah. like I know some countries overseas are a little bit more like party-ish. Like I'm being very American tourist right now saying this and I could be wrong and anyone can correct me. But like I think Amsterdam is more party themed. Mm-hmm. So when I think of going to a party in America, I'm like, ugh, frat boys and beer stands keg stands and like ugh. yes if i think a party in amsterdam i'm thinking jesus christ there's gonna be drugs and alcohol and i don't even know what ages all the humans are because everyone parties there at all ages like everyone 16 to like 80 <laughs> right. and i there's gonna be like pot brownies on the table that i'm not gonna know are pot and just wild and there's strippers because everyone is just wild there and so, gorgeous that too I mean, um, we're getting all of our information from other movies we've yeah, seen which of other people. That's why I'm not saying. in America. <laughs> I'm getting this very touristy type thing. So I could be very wrong. People would be like, actually, Amsterdam's like really calm nowadays. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> OK. But with that being the case, uh, that's all I know. And I know the movie The Hostels, which like, <laughs> let's be real. We don't want to talk about that. 
No. So would that mean the case? Like whenever people mention hostels, I'm like, oh, there's one of two ways this can go. And neither sounds good. It's either really, really, really nice. And you just are able to sleep and do your thing and leave. Or it's really not good. (laughs) But isn't the word hotel hostels once it was translated? Isn't that what they did was they took the word hostels and they're like, okay, drop the letter. And that's how it became hotels. I would imagine so, but I'm not sure if that's because I know that's how hostels originally became hostels was because they took hospitals, which is mm. hospitals. And they were like, well, there's not medical practices going on. They're just staying there and stuff. And so, OK, maybe. So anyways, going back to where they were staying in this hostel called Spanish by the River. And to me, that one sounds like a cool one. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I would. I would stay at the Spanish by the River. I want to say maybe. Probably mm-hmm. not. Maybe. I wouldn't say at a hostel. Depending on who I'm with and where it is. And if I got to see it, I would stay at a hostel. But let's all remember Hotel Cecil was a hostel. <laughs> so, <laughs> better not. Maybe uh, no. <laughs> so after two weeks, they arrived in the town of Boquet on March 29th. Boquet is a very small town located approximately 30 minutes north of the city of David. While staying in Boquet and volunteering they stayed at a local host, a local host family's house. Tried to correct and I still said it weird. <laughs> um, the home was that they were staying at was Miriam Guerra's house. And she usually hosted international students. So this was nothing new for her. Like she she did this. This is know? a regular for her. Yeah. On April 1st, around 11 a.m., Chris and Lisanne said they were going to go on a hike near the clouded forest that surrounds the Baru volcano in the El Panista Trail. Um, the El Panista Trail leads to El Mirador or the Overlook. It is a breathtaking 360 degree view of the mountainous forest. Oh my gosh. That'd be awesome. Just Googling this, I was like salvating at how beautiful it right. was. So the Baru volcano is a very large large volcano that surrounds the rainforest, is surrounded by rainforest and a bunch of unnamed towns. And they're unnamed because they're really, really small. So it's just like scattered with small populations. The Baru volcano is approximately six miles from the Costa Rica border. So now at this point, you would think I would start getting more into the case, but I'm going to pause before we talk about the case. And I want to talk about this before we talk about the case, because otherwise people are going to say, hmm, I've heard this case and I hear people talk about this and I don't know when they're going to bring it up. The dog. This isn't John Wick. Don't worry. (sighs) Okay. Now. There's a dog in this case, especially if you've listened to a few famous people do this case. So the dog is a focal point in a lot of people's coverage of this case. And I'm not calling anyone out, but a lot of people say that the dog is concrete evidence in this case. And I would just like to say, I don't know if I even believe the dog is involved in the case. Okay. And I'm I'm going to discuss it here. That's good. <laughs> On the hike, the girls supposedly brought with them a dog which the dog's name was Azul. However, a lot of people call the dog in their version of this events blue. Now, I am aware Azul translates to blue in English. (laughs) Okay. But the dog's name was not blue. It was Azul. And I guess somewhere when someone did it, it translated to blue. And so now a bajillion people keep calling this dog blue. blue, But it's not. It's and I totally get that. I'm not even mad about that. That one's kind of funny, if anything. Did you know that Shiro's name is white in Japanese? I did because you have told me that before. But but that's weird because he's not white. So, you know what I mean? (laughs) Good job. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, um, but otherwise I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's just kind of funny whenever I hear people do anything on this case and they're like, blah, blah, blah. And blue. And I'm like, oh, no, no, stop no. it. So the dog was a Husky Shepherd mix. Now, oh. some people say the dog was either the host family's dog or the neighbor's. Some say it also belonged to the restaurant owner that's at the beginning of the trails. Like there's a restaurant that leads into the trails. So that sounds really like already all over the place, but they have a very communal way of living there also. So I wouldn't be surprised because they also have community pets I was reading up on. So it's kind of like it's essentially like an outdoor dog and then just wherever it ends up for the night, it kind of does. It makes me think of any time you stop in a like I'm quoting town in Tomb Raider. Yeah. So it's and that's essentially kind of what this dog does. And he just, you know, everyone leaves out food and everyone leaves out water. And then, you know, if he happens to come up on your doorstep and you're opening your door and you're all right, come on in, Azul. Everyone's happy dog. (laughs) So either way, the dog's in the story, right? Like it is. Okay. well, no, I don't think it is. So let me continue on. So you don't think it was at all? (laughs) Okay. no, no, no. I think the dog exists. I do not think the dog was with these two girls and I have my reasoning. So, okay. Everyone presents it as the dog went with these girls on the hike. Now, when that comes into the conversation, people are like, the dog returned that night and the girls didn't. And that's how everyone knew the girls, something was wrong. Well, here's the thing. No one has ever been able to fully verify if the dog went with them. None of the police reports or anything. And only a couple of the locals even say that the girls like talked to or knew or dealt with the dog. So not even multiple people. It's like literally like two or three people. Well, here's the thing. If Chris and Lee Sand did decide to bring the dog with them, it would have been a smart decision. So that's why I really hope it could have happened that way, because the dog would have been the important story of how they alerted people that something had happened because the, the dog would have came home, alerted the family and alerted the authority sooner. But that didn't happen. So people are like, well, why didn't the family know sooner? And I'm like, because the dog didn't alert them because it wasn't with them. And, and people are like, well, no, 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 no. We think the dog was. And I was like, okay. but what if they were? What but, if it wasn't? And also, there? how did the dog know to come back? And how did the people right away? If this dog's roaming between three different houses, them know, oh, instantly, that means these girls are missing. Well, and I feel like if the dog is I mean, if the dog was like a personal pet, then maybe. But if the dog was like a communal pet, I don't think it would have left its home, its town to, to go, go on a random hike randoms. with two people that he's never seen before. And I'm, I, I think dogs are very smart. He also the dog would also, I feel like, be less inclined with these two people that speak to a dog, a foreign language. English, in a sense. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not speaking even the same tone that this dog recognizes. Yeah. But. People are like, well, no, the the dog helped alert. That's another thing. I feel like they would have had more clues to start the case off because they didn't know anything when they started this case. But you would have known some things when the dog came back. Was the dog wet or was the dog dry? That already indicates, did the dog go in the water or did the dog not go in the water? Because that was something they wondered right away. Were the girls in the water or not? So I and also they, I think, would have gauged the dog's response more and stuff. I don't know. Authorities mentioned that it's unlikely the dog would have left the side of the girls if it went with the girls because it wouldn't have known something was wrong because it wouldn't have known these girls. 
And they say the only reason the dog would have left them is if the dog physically could not have been with them. Like, what if the girls were taken inside to a building and the dog was left outside? Well, then this communal dog will move on to the next building, right? That's like what a communal dog would do. So that's the only reason that they think if the dog was with them, the dog would have left. So if that's the case, now we're looking into the girls had to have been 100% purposely separated from this dog, which would lead us to clues. But again, we don't even know if the dog was there. So no clues. Um, Some clues. Yeah. Less clues. (laughs) So there's no tests or evidence to show if the dog was or was not with the girl. So every time I hear things about the dog, I put it in the back burner of my mind because I'm like, there's there's zero percent saying yes or no. So I'm just not going to hold the validity of that part of the story in my mind. So whenever I hear anyone cover this case and I hear anything about the dog, I just instantly am like, all right, I'm skipping that part. Like. I don't want to hear about it because it doesn't lead me any answers. It kind of gives me more questions and not even questions I could even use if I do create an answer. So if you wonder why I skip over the freaking dog, it's because I the dog exists, but I don't know if he was there. So not going to not going to play this game with the darn dog today. Athena is a dog lover, though. Oh, yeah, I love dogs. If there was (laughs) substantial evidence about this dog, I'd love to talk about they would go in detail. (laughs) even find a picture of the dog very well oh <laughs> so that's another bothersome so uh, and i'm sorry that's one more thing i want to do i do want to say these girls took a lot of pictures that day on the hike and everywhere there's not a dog dog tail dog paw print nothing and any picture mm, so that seems a little sus i'm just if it's dogs running around being i just feel like you would at least have a little something something but or you would try to get a photo with the dog because it was like you yeah. like oh my god like, this you is remember the dog, dog. Exactly. Yeah. So I I am just moving on from the dog. A big alert in the case came from Lisanne's parents because they stopped receiving text messages, which alarmed them. The because I said the dog should have alarmed that the girls didn't come home. Right. But the real alarm was Lisanne stopped texting her parents. The family members back home who had been consistently receiving messages on a daily basis from their daughter. They stopped getting them and they had been updating them every single time. So that's a big deal. On April 2nd, the girls were supposed to show up for a trip they had pre-planned with a local guide named Feliciano. And nothing there? You got nothing? Italian? I don't know, but it just sounded nice if I said Definitely it Italian. Definitely not in Italy, so. <laughs> Feliciano. I, I can't do it with any accent but in Italian. Yeah, I don't know. So. I mean, maybe. He was unable to reach them, so the guide notified the girl's parents that he couldn't find them, and this was strike number two. So now the parents are extremely worried, and they contacted the police. On April 3rd, an aerial search for the girls were initiated. On April 6th, the parents arrived in Panama along with police, dog units, and detectives from the Netherlands to conduct a full-scale research of the forest for the next 10 days. The parents offered $30,000 reward for any information leading to the whereabouts of Chris and Lisanne. Now, in Panama, uh, that's a really large amount of money because at the time, $30,000 would have been worth about $500,000 with wow. like, the exchange rate and everything. So that would be enough to support an entire family. Very much. Plus some. <laughs> yeah. So everyone who had any ties to the girls started getting questioned from the host family to the taxi driver who who dropped them off the day of the hike. Like literally anyone. So... The taxi driver claimed that he dropped the girls off around 1.30 p.m., but the hiking pictures that we later know that exist showed the timing actually was closer to, like, before noon. So they think maybe it was closer to, like, 11.30 and that he was just mistaken. He, like, you know, glanced at the clock or something. Mm -hmm. 
Well, they're still missing 10 weeks later on June 14th when a local woman turned in Lee Sands blue backpack. She reported that she had found it near a riverbank near her village of Alto Romero in the Bocas del Toro province. The woman said the backpack was not there the day before when she also happened to be in the area. So that was eerily suspicious, right? The Alto Romero area is approximately five miles away from where the girls were thought to be hiking, which doesn't sound a lot. But remember, we're on foot five miles. Yeah, that's in a a dense, dense, deep jungle. So that's that's insane to think about. And Chris was wearing shorts that day. So like you don't just like go in this dense, deep forest like for a five mile like I'm going to go out. Like, keep that in mind. No. Yeah. The backpack contained Lee Sands Canon PowerShot SX270 HS camera. I don't know. Is that Corey? What are you foaming at the mouth right now? Is that a good camera? Tell me things here. <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> it had a 16 gigabyte memory card with it. Uh, there was a black camera case. There was a white Samsung cell phone with a battery with no SIM card and no memory card. Um, I'm sorry. I said that weird. There was a white Samsung cell phone with no battery, with a battery. God, I can't talk. There was no SIM or memory card in it. It had a light blue cover on it and some money was kept under the case. There was one black iPhone that had an iPhone 4 that had a red case. There was a black bra slash like swimsuit top. Then there was a black, um, I mean, a floral bra slash swimsuit top. There were some pink rectangular sunglasses that weren't worn or damaged looking, a pair of black round sunglasses that weren't worn or damaged looking, a key with a blue keychain on it. There was a small personal item that was said to be withheld. Then there was a debit slash credit card stating the name L. Froon. There was between $83 to $88 in the in the purse or in the backpack. There's differing reports on how much it is. Then there was a snail and a small seashell. A snail. A little snail just living his life. <laughs> living the high life, man. He's like, what are you on the jackpot? I'm, I'm just enjoying my time in the backpack. <laughs> in the police reports, there's an inconsistency here. So they, some people say like there was also this like water bottle, but they took a photo of all the evidence found in the backpack and the photo evidence shows a water bottle, but on every single official police report, there's nothing listed as a water bottle. And I have a theory that it's because it had like a. I want to call it a bangerang. That's not the right word. Carabiner. Carabiner. (laughs) (laughs) I knew exactly what you were trying to say. (laughs) Bangerang. I'm Skrillex. What's up? Bangerang. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it had like a carabiner around it. So I feel like maybe it was hooked to the outside of the backpack so that in the report, they're like, well, we can't list that as something internally in the backpack. So maybe that's why it was part of the backpack at that point. Yeah. So that's that's my theory there. If you want to call me out, where's the water bottle? Um, In order for Chris and Lee Sand to get where the backpack was found, the girls would have had to climb through at least five miles of dense rainforest. And the woman that claims that the blue backpack, remember, said that it wasn't there the day before. So that implies that someone put the backpack there shortly before it was discovered. As sketchy as it seems, this gave investigators a little hope, though, because they met that there is a larger area they should start looking for the girls in. So they were like, okay, well, because we didn't find them in that area doesn't mean they're gone or dead. It just means we didn't search everywhere we should have. So since this is much further than the initial site where they were searching, they began another search group that began organized 
and the backpack contents were then sent off to be analyzed. The next search turned up a new discovery since they expanded. They found articles of the girls' clothing at a river a few miles away from the backpack was found. Chris's denim shorts were found on top of a rock on the opposite bank from where Lisanne's backpack was discovered. There was a rumor that claimed that the shorts were found zipped up and neatly folded on the rock on the riverbank. But when you see the police 2021 published photos of the shorts, that disproved this information. And so a lot of people had this incorrect information that was kind of making it sound sketchier than it is. Searches continued, and now the entire forest area was being searched by local and foreign teams. Um, They were just hoping that they could find any sort of new evidence. And you have to remember how big this area is. They were hoping they wouldn't have to do that. And now they're like, you have to do that (laughs) money and resources. Yeah. At this point, it's almost two months later and closer to where the backpack was discovered. They find the worst discovery so far. They found a pelvis bone and a boot that still had a sock and a foot inside. (laughs) The boot had the foot intact, which was tested for DNA, and they found that it belonged to Lisanne. So after two months, they finally find the first evidence of the girls. And at this point, we are said to believe that they are dead. After this weird discovery, they found another 33 scattered bone fragments along the riverbank. DNA testing confirmed that they belonged to Chris and Lisanne. Well, m- most of the bones did. Okay. Of the bones found and DNA tested, they actually found that the bones belonged to five different people. That's kind of a lot. And Chris and Lisanne were the only two they were able to place the people. Because they had DNA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they knew who they were looking for, kind of. Yeah. So these bones have not been investigated more deeply because the government closed the case. And supposedly that's where we're supposed to just like leave it. So just take that fun fact and embrace it because we're going to move on because we're only half done with what the weird stuff in this case is. But I don't want to. But keep in mind, there's three more dead bodies here we're not even going to talk about yet. It's frustrating. That's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Lisanne's bones still had some skin attached to them. Lovely. But Chris's bones appeared to have been cleaned and bleached. Gross. So the bones were apparently bleached by phosphorus, which is considered to be lime. And phosphorus and lime bleaching is available in the area naturally and is available due to the way the soil and the farming is done in the area. However, in 2014, no phosphates were found in soil samples from that region, actually. So phosphates and phosphorus acid could not have been a natural cause for accelerated decomposition on Chris's remains. So even though it is a naturally occurring thing during that time period when we found it, it is not naturally occurring. I wondered about that because I feel like you would know this, but I feel like two months is not enough time for it to just be like bleached out. Yeah. Um, it depends. How is it submerged? Is it soaking? There, there are oh, some okay. stipulations there, I guess we okay. should say. Also, like, was it skinned right away and just dumped straight in or was it dumped with skin? There, there's a lot of. um factors factors yeah i was gonna say variants thank you Mm -hmm. so this discovery implies that the chemicals were probably intentionally used during a deterioration process the worst part about this was well there's a lot of worst parts but the worst part at this point was there was a record that said by dr georgina pachetto 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 sorry pacheco 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 
Uh, she knows? said there shouldn't be bleaching on these bones specifically about Chris. So like she went on record being like, nope, that shouldn't be a thing. That's deliberate. Like, like naturally, you mean? Yeah. Like it was deliberately Done. created. Yep. Lovely. So the death of both girls became a hot topic because not only was it odd that Chris's bones were altered, but Lee Sand's bones still had skin attached to them. But also with her having skin attached to her bones, that would be considered that Lee Sand's bones are called fresh. Like it's it's a different thing here. So and because they weren't bleached, they weren't bleached, they weren't skinned, they weren't. So that could have meant. okay. I guess I could explain it to you. But since Lee Sand's bones still had skin, that could meant that her bones still came from recently. But since Chris's bones were bleached and skinned and cleaned and everything, it means that probably she was killed first days, weeks, even months before. And Lee Sand was kept alive. Gotcha. Like, that's what they're trying to imply by it. Okay. In August 2014, a large lump of Lee Sand's skin was found, and it was still in the early states of decomposition. Now, only two bones from Chris Kremer's body were found at this point. A piece of her pelvis, which was like her hip bone, and then her rib bone, and it was her rib number 10. The other 99% of Chris's bones were never found. That's it. Just those two things. And one of them was bleached. An inconsistency between the states of the bodily tissue between the two girls lets us assume the conditions of decay were like vastly different and that the times of death were probably potentially really different also. Mm, Don't like that. The searches kept turning up question after question, but when going through the evidence in the backpack, some more questions arised. Like they couldn't stop having questions. They weren't getting answers ever. So the cell phones were discovered and they had numerous distress calls within a short few hour time block between when the and the time from the initial time the girls left for the hike to that night. It gets kind of confusing. I'm going to post on the Instagram the call logs because it's it's so weird when you see it broken down, but I'm going to try to break it down also. The phones show that around six hours after beginning their hike, someone dialed 112 which is the international emergency area for use in the Netherlands, because, you know, they're probably not thinking 112 is what you would normally call. Yeah. But then 911 is the emergency number in Panama, and that's also later used. So the first distress call attempt was made by Chris's iPhone 4 at 4.39 p.m. Then shortly after that, another attempt was made from Lee Sands' Samsung Galaxy at 4.51 p.m. Neither of the, the calls went through, though, because of reception in the area. Of course. Okay. So keep that in mind. Then on April 3rd, Lee Sand's phone connected to a cell tower for three seconds. But it disconnected for a reason we don't know. And 36 seconds later, the phone was turned off. So it did connect at one point, but nothing happened. So it connected to like a 112 or a 911. But the SIM card wasn't found in that one. On, keep going. Uh On April 4th, Lee Sand's phone battery died after 5 p.m. and the phone was never used again. Chris Ann's phone would not make any more phone calls, but it was intermittently. <laughs> I've been trying not to do that all night because Chris Ann sounds more normal to me than Lee Sand. I, yeah, I agree. But it's yeah. yeah. OK, so Chris's phone would not make any more phone calls, but was intermittently turned off. But it was later turned back on 
and then off and then on. And it was searching for reception each time. And that was between April 5th and 11th. The phone was turned off and on multiple times. However, the correct PIN number was never entered. It would either have no PIN entered or a wrong PIN between April 5th through 11th every time it was turned on. This case case gives me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Yes. So then on April 10th, Lee Sand's phone had a file creation. So essentially, when you break down how phones work, that means that it was probably turned on, but it was never fully booted on because it didn't like fully go through, meaning it had such a low battery. It didn't make it all the way to the home screen. I just love it when that happens. Like, I just need one thing. (laughs) I just got to do it. Just one percenter. On April 11th, the iPhone, so Chris's phone, was turned on at 10.51 a.m. and then was turned off for the last time at 11.56 a.m. Not dead, just turned off. They I made, love how they can see all of that. That's isn't insane. that crazy? They okay. made 77 attempts to get into this phone within the four days of their disappearance. That is a lot of attempts. During the days they used the electronics, they never attempted to make a phone call outside of normal business hours. That's kind of weird, right? That is weird. So this possibly suggests that they could have been being held captive and attempted to use the phone while their captors were at work. That was the first thing people were like, oh, maybe there's a sign that has to do with that time frame. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. The next thing. So we're we're moving on from the phones because the phones is its whole fucking thing. You can get so deep in that phone phone log and come up with no answers. There's literally no answers there, no matter how deep you get. Some people have spent years only cracking and like trying to break down this case. And from the day they start to working on it, like four years later, even almost 10 years at this point, they have came up with zilch. Like they have literally still came up with nothing. They're like. I've gone over everything. I I can't like people are dedicating their lives to this case. Well, it's frustrating. This is extremely frustrating. You just want to know what happened. So the next thing in the backpack was the camera. Lee Sands Canon camera contained photos from April 1st, suggesting that the women had taken a trail on the overlook at the Continental Divide. They wandered into some wilderness hours before making emergency calls. Do you want to hear something funny? Yeah, I like funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, the I had a time hop memory the other day where someone and I were like having a conversation on a status or something. And it was myself and my old college roommate. And we were in some sort of class where we had to talk about something political in Colombia and Cuba and like South America, Central America, like different political agendas than america okay but we're like connected to america if that makes sense yes so we're doing that and then in the conversation this girl my college roommate she made it all the way to college keep in mind she looked at me and she goes i know the equator is really hot how do we get past it and i was like what do you like what um what do you mean like are you afraid you'll get sunburned she's like no like isn't it kind of like a ring of fire she thought the equator was literally like a ring of fire around the earth. Like literal fire. Like a literal ring of fire. And that's what the Johnny Cash song was also about. She also thought was a literal ring of fire around the middle of earth. And I was like, what? You made it to college? <laughs> okay. 
All right. It's not a ring of fire. It is warm. Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> you need sunscreen. <laughs> yes, like, you do. That's why Australia is so weird. But like you. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but it's not. A, I'm OK. So there's that. I'm it's sorry. hot. It's very yeah. hot. But Same. it's not fire hot. It's just really hot. Yeah. Talking about the continental divide reminded me of that. So there you go. That's my funny of the day for you. <laughs> I had a weird college roommate. So there are some photos on this camera as they are exploring that day where they are exploring the jungle, which appears to show that all is well, right? Like life is good. They look happy. There are some cool things. There then are no more images until April 8th. So April 1st and then nothing and then April 8th. That's a pretty. Yeah, I don't like that. Pretty big thing, right? If you're on vacation, like you're going to take photos every day. No, they're missing. No, I know. Oh, I'm, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we know. <laughs> so on April 8th, there are 90 photos that were taken and they're all unsettling. Mm. They are all using a nighttime flash. They were all taken between 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. They all are taken within deep in the jungle in near complete darkness. Now, a few of the photos show that they could have been near a river or a ravine because there's like a drop off that you kind of see. In one photo, there's this weird, weird photo. It's like a twig hut that's made with like plastic bags on top of it. And then like a rock, like it kind of looks like a little like hut. And then this like a mini hut. Yeah. Like like a little like child is making a hut type of thing. Okay, so there's that. Like not a real big hut that you walk in. No, this is like the size of my hand. Okay. Then another one shows what looks like a backpack strap and like a mirror sitting on top of a rock. Then another one shows the back of Chris's head. And there is a small red, what they consider to be blood spot or stain in her hair. I've looked at this photo as many times as I possibly can. To me, it looks like she has strawberry blonde hair and that it's just like the way the camera flashes. I don't know. I'm also really bad at like distinguishing things sometimes, though. I don't see the blood. I'll post the photo. You guys can decide if you distinguish and you see the blood or not. Interesting. There's another photo and it's really, really, really hard to see. There's a lot happening in this photo and there is absolutely nothing happening in this photo. It's dark and there's a flash and it is the ground. And then like there's a drop off part and it looks like you're looking at just like a dirt, like path ish type thing or like, you know, like a jungle ground. And then there's a ravine. Now, there's something roundish on the ravine. It could be a tree. It could be a rock. It could be anything. But everyone says that the speculation is it looks like a body near the bottom of the ravine. Either someone fell, got hurt, or was dumped or attacked and thrown down this ravine. Again, it's too dark. I can't make it out. So I won't say my opinion, but I can't. Remember the Halloween episode where I said that I can't keep my feet down now. <laughs> is this it? This is it. I need to move because I'm I'm getting scared. <laughs> no, you're good. Go ahead. Everyone can hear me just be being unsettled. Scared. So speculations began of what the purpose of these photos were. People believed the girls could have been a trying to light their way in the darkness. Like, you know, like it's dark, your phone, you're not wanting to waste the phone battery because that's more important. So let's just take a flash every few seconds and we know where we're walking. At least we're not going to trip. OK, and that's why that is the case. That's why they're so fucking disoriented and they don't like make sense because they're not worried about what the photos are of. They're just, they just trying to walk. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then B, some people say, what if they were trying to signal for help using the light of the camera? Like flash, 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 flash. That's a word I can't say with my tongue rings. <laughs> like SOS type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So they're thinking someone's going to see this pulsating light. That'd be weird if it was like SOS, like if they looked at when the timestamps of each and just like put it to. Yeah, that could be interesting. The point and shoot camera number. This one gets really weird. Okay, the point and shoot camera numbers its files in ascending order. This is how the camera works, right? So the most this works the way most digital cameras do. They number their photos. So when you are going to put it on a file, it'll have a number. So let's say you're taking your photo. It'll say, you know, Nikon underscore zero six zero five. So the next picture would be zero six zero six. You know what I mean? They go in an order. Mm -hmm. So when the Canon PowerShot, say it, Canon PowerShot. (laughs) When the Canon PowerShot was discovered by Dutch authorities, there is a really weird incident here. The file IMG underscore zero five zero nine is missing. It's deleted. And the reason why this is weird is because the image 508 is the last image where they aren't in trouble. They're like happy and hiking and great. And then image 510 is the one in on April 8th, the darkness in the jungle and the beginning of all of these really sketchy 90 photos. I can just imagine like they saw someone like following them or something and just like took a bunch of photos. Okay, so you ready for it to get worse? <laughs> no. Do I need to crisscross my legs? <laughs> so you know how when you delete a photo, it's usually still able to be retrieved by like yes. some source? Yeah. Well, the Dutch investigators were like, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to attempt to recover the file. However, there is one secret to how these cameras work. If you delete the picture off the camera, you can recover it. If you plug it into a computer and delete the file, the file is gone. Mm -hmm. This file was gone. So these girls physically could not have deleted this photo themselves in the jungle because they didn't have a camera or, I mean, a computer or a laptop or anything with them. Yeah. So this missing 0509 should have no way it's missing. If anything, it should be retrievable, but it is not. And that was before the time of Corey, you might have to give some input on this, but I'm assuming that it was before the time of when Canons and Nikons could automatically upload to phones. Oh, yeah, I would think so. I would but it's before then. Yeah. But also, I'm I'm sure that they I'm sure that still doesn't work, though. They couldn't have deleted it from the phone and it work. I feel like it'd have to be plugged in. No, I think can, I think you can now. You can? Yeah. Oh, OK. I don't know. I don't know. Corey, okay. let um, let us know. Did we just crack the case? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. <laughs> Did we just crack the case? Now, this obviously leads to so many theories and controversies because they were like, oh, the authorities did it because they were the ones with the camera. Well, we don't know that. So let's back up. Let's rewind for a minute. The authorities? Like the Dutch authorities? Yeah, because they're like, well, maybe the authorities saw someone on the camera and they deleted, deleted it. it. Oh, yes. okay. I understand now. Now, or maybe they even saw something that led to it that they just don't want to crack this case for a different reason or something. And so they're thinking, yes, they deleted something here. Now, there have been so many theories. I'm going to talk about the five biggest theories. Theory number one, 
they were attacked by animals and they died naturally somehow. Now, there are a lot of animals in this jungle area that could have harmed the girls. There are jaguars. There is jaguarundis, which are similar to pumas. They're like another big, big, big cat. Yeah. There are pit viper snakes, such as the tropical rattlesnake, the jumping snake. Terrifying sounding. Nope. And the bushmaster. Don't like any of that. (laughs) (laughs) There are poisonous tarantulas, such as the somporius pulter. And there are scorpions. Nope. All of these can easily harm a human. Yes. But again, remember all the other weird stuff that kind of doesn't. All right. Number two. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. The Mexican cartel. Mm -hmm. Need I say more? Nope. Number three. They could have passed away from natural elements. So the attorney general of Panama and prosecutor of the case, Betsida Pitti, claimed that the girls had died from hiking accidents. They like went on record saying it. Hmm. Number four, cannibalism? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I feel like that would have taken a lot more time. Okay. All right. And then number five, a local murderer actually murdered them. I'm a, it, but why don't you put a pin in that? Okay. Pinned now. Now, the, in March 2015, the investigators concluded that it had to have been an accident. That lady that I just talked about, Pity, she upheld her theory that Chris and Lisan had gotten lost and were dragged to death in the river. At one point, she mis- mentions the possibility of that animal predators might have been involved. And that's why there's like missing parts and bones and things. So like they like jumped in the river to get away from animals and then they still got them or something. Or like they were dragged into the river while trying to like run and get away. And then the animals. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, it's Far-fetched. Also, if I'm being, well, no, I don't know. I'm, this sounds stupid and I'm kind of aware how stupid this sounds, but, and <laughs> just kind of, <laughs> I'm going to die either way. Let's be honest. But, um, if I'm being chased by a jaguar, I'm also going to be very scared of what's in the water. Yes. Like I'm more scared of what's in the water than what's on the land because yes, here's my theory, at least on the, the land, I can um, see everything I can breathe in the water. It might not kill me, but it could accidentally drag me under. And then, then I'm can't. also going to die. And snakes can swim. Yeah. And, and I'm never okay with that. Cats can kind of swim too, like jaguars oh, yeah, and stuff Absolutely, can. yeah. So I feel 0% safer being in the water. I actually feel less safe. Um, So I guess I'm just going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll fight. I think I would go out with a fighting chance against like a puma or a grizzly or something. Again, yeah. I will die, but I will still try. To live yeah and then i will die yes very 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 painfully probably because remember what we learned in cocaine bear we it's in the available in the archives but if they have friendly ears it doesn't mean that they're friendly well they're gonna sense that i'm friendly though and they <laughs> kill me <laughs> not how that works it might <laughs> jaguar would say oh you want to pet me and scratch me behind the ears okay you're safe on my list and i'll say good boy do you want to tummy rubs do you want to tummy rubs yeah well mm-hmm. panther named pantera Come here, buddy. Okay. If I, they'll come to me. (laughs) It'll work. I betcha. (laughs) Little little kitty. So they mentioned that that could have been a possibility, like animals versus like potential natural disasters. But Dick Stevens, a former Amsterdam detective who was looking into the case on his own, like just, you know. Just for For shits and giggles. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. He said he thought the investigation was done really shoddy and should be redone. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He also claimed that his theory is that Chris could still be alive. Because just her foot was... Wait, no. Chris is the one her pelvic bone was... Wait. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Later, he goes on to say Lisa Ann, though. Um, but he said it was a sex trafficking trade. What is that like the girls were traded into a sex trafficking ring and stuff and then something happened to them. Hmm. Now, in 2017, there was another case that gained a lot of traction. It was a girl named Catherine Jonette. She was a 23 year old woman who was found murdered February 5th, 2017, along a trail of the Isla Colan on the northern coast of Panama. She was traveling and hiking from a nearby hostel where she had been staying while traveling in Central America. People instantly wondered, is there some sort of a connection? Because it's like the same kind of story. Yeah. Yeah. But according to reports, even after this, they say Panama is one of the safest countries in Latin America. I don't believe you. Nope. (laughs) Their statistics are really alarming, though. The number of disappearances and murders are really high, especially for tourists. And most investigations are not solved and are closed pretty early on but it's the safest country i didn't say it's safe i said it's the safest did you know that i'm blonde (laughs) yes okay did you know that i don't have like any tan whatsoever and i look like a hermit crab well that's because i am a hermit crab and if i go into a city like panama i'm gonna stick out like a sore thumb yeah so yeah you would stick out really bad (laughs) yeah but um, so in, it, tourists are easy to find, I feel like a lot of times. But also, I just feel like even when I'm in a different town or city or something, I feel like I can usually spot a tourist. I feel like it's pretty easy. Yeah, like there's a certain way. Yeah, they they don't even mean to. And I'm not saying that in any sort of a mean way. But like even when I was living in a bigger city, when I lived in the city, I feel like I could spot someone that was not from the city not even just that it felt like i could spot the person that's lived here their whole life the person that's lived here for a while and the person that is visiting no i agree you could definitely tell the vibes i feel like i though in chicago look like someone that has lived there a couple months like i vaguely know where my way around but Corey, (laughs) he has no idea that he is a he is not a city mouse i'm a city mouse is really funny. Never, he gets really upset. I've never heard the term city mouse. Really? No. Hmm. Okay. Country mouse and city mouse, like a field mouse and then a city mouse. Never there are heard so of many mice. Yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. So are there like uh, mountain mice too? Yeah. Are there volcano mice? Are there ocean mice? Ocean mice, probably not. Oh. I'm sure there's volcano mice. They would just have to be this like... such a weird con- conversation. We're done with the mice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've just never heard that term. Okay. But yeah, I feel like tourists, it's easy to tell and you can just get a feel for, especially if you are someone that's lived there your whole life. But like I said, I didn't live in Chicago my whole life, but I feel like I could give the vibes of the differentiance, different differentiance, differences and differentiate the people. Yeah. It, it just I agree. is easy. Yeah. In 2021. Two different author, well, two authors that were working together named Mara West and Jurgen Snorin tried to solve the Panama case in their book called Lost in the Jungle. West and Snorin acquired copies of the complete police files, the forensic reports, the autopsy reports, and enlisted the help of Pity, that woman, to debunk false information and disprove rumors. 
And it became a part of the core of their book as they combed through all this to try to come up with a complete logical answer. In the end, they said that it was an accident. The girls got lost, potentially got hurt. It got dark. Then there was a potential flood because flash floods are typical to that region in that scene of that area and around that time. And that sealed the deal. And then the girls died. Their stuff was scattered. And that's why it was found so haphazardly. Okay. And what about the bleach bones? Mm -hmm. Well, again, some people are thinking that just because it's not common at that time, it still could have happened. That's what some people are leaning on. Okay. And that theory does have some things that people think could be a validity, like perhaps Chris did die first and that is why her bones were different and they were like essentially bleached out because of the time she died or whatever. Maybe she fell, she got hurt and Lisanne couldn't leave her. And maybe that's why she was taking the pictures to try to like scare off animals. And or maybe that's why Chris's phone kept having all the incorrect passwords because Lisanne was alive and Chris was not. And she was trying to get into the phone and she couldn't. Hmm. Things like that. But here is the one thing I'm going to say. And anyone can prove me wrong if I'm wrong. But even iPhone 4s and I had an iPhone 4. Me too. You did not have to get into the phone to be able to dial a phone number. No. Especially a 911. Yes. So I know Lisanne would have been scared, but I don't think she would have forgotten that. But also she had a Samsung. Maybe she didn't know that's how it worked, but it was pretty obvious from the home screen. I think if I remember correctly how it was set up back then, I still feel like it was pretty obvious. Well, and they're our age because like, the, they're literally our age. Right? Back then we had the button on the front. You kind of yeah. had to like press it to get anywhere. And even to turn off a phone, iPhones have always had that thing that says, would you like turn me off or would you like me to call the police? Those are your two options. Oh, life. yeah, you're right. So and the phone was turned off and on. So I. I am not victim blaming Lisanne one bit if any of this did or did not happen in that way. I'm just saying that leads me to believe it was not done that way. I'm actually supporting Lisanne. Yeah. In being dead. If that makes sense. Like yes. I'm supporting that theory. So that didn't lead really much anywhere. Now, supposedly the Nagobe or Nagobi people in this area of Boquette have a song. So this is up for a slight debate also. It's called, and have fun with this. Lord, give me strength here. <laughs> the Algun Les Hizo Malo en El Camino. Sure. It means someone did evil to them on the trail oh. when roughly translated. Okay. Now the song is supposedly a warning song about what happened to some girls on the trail and people are always like, Hmm, this gives insight to the case that it's either a cover up or something, but finding out if this is true or not, or if that's like a rumor and if this song is real or not is a lot harder than you would think. Well, yeah, because songs can be passed down from like generations to generations to generations. And I even tried to look up like just lyrics or anything. It's very hard. And I almost find more information of people talking about that rather than the like, actual song. Yeah. Like I find more about like podcasts and true crime documentaries and sources saying it, but not like uh, any source from that area. So I don't I don't know if it could have started just incorrectly. I, I don't know. So there are a lot of disturbing parts of the story. And now we're going to touch base on a lot of them because we've just kind of like glossed over everything. 
So I'm going to organize my personal Athena's list of most disturbing and bizarre things from the case that need more consideration. (laughs) The $80 in the backpack. That sounds like a very small thing. I really glazed over it. I'm like, there was 83 to $80. We don't know how much it was. Now, at first, when I say that, you're like, okay, there was $80. But remember that conversion that I told you, like $30,000 is $500,000. So $80 is a lot of money in cash to carry on you. Like, to give you an example, they don't pay with bills there. They pay with like coins. So like, if you wanted to buy something, you would give someone coins. You wouldn't really use dollar bills. So having $80 is like being rich in that moment. You wouldn't carry that around on you. You're not Paris Hilton. Calm down. So also these girls were just going to go on a hike that day and everyone knew that. So why are you taking $80 on a hike with you? Like that's really, really odd because it's such a big chunk of change. And it's in a place that has a decent amount of criminal activity in it. So like that's odd. And the fact that the money was never stolen from the backpack said that it was likely intentionally put there or that the backpack was intentionally put there because if anyone had came across that, more than likely it would have been stolen. Yes. And we said earlier that the backpack was deliberately left there for someone to find. So this like kind of helps that part of the theory. Next, the mass grave found in 2020. This is a part I haven't brought up. So a mass grave was discovered in a nearby region of Panama that contained the body of a pregnant woman and six children. A local tribe of that area had numerous members arrested for this mass grave that they created. This leads people to wonder how many murders that could have happened that weren't caught and why those random three other body part bones that weren't Chris and Lee Sand were discovered. Mm. Now, also, the skulls of the women were never found. If the women decomposed naturally, more bones should have been found, honestly. But there were no scratches on the bone fragments that were discovered. So people are like, well, the animals in the area would have chewed the bones into fragments and scratches would have been on them and been discovered if an animal had gotten to these. So that's also telling us that it doesn't look like these girls were attacked. And the fact that Lisanne's boots still had skin and like, I am so sorry for saying it like this, but. There's meat. There's edible meat still in that shoe to an animal, to a predator. Yeah. And they left it. That's a very odd sign. So or even a cannibal in that sense. There is edible meat in that shoe. Why would you leave that? I don't know. I want to eat a foot. If you're a cannibal, would you eat a foot? Nope. I don't think I want to eat a foot. But I'm definitely not a cannibal. So. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. So, you know, there's that. But it just doesn't appeal to me as a cannibal. So the shorts thing that we talked about also in 2021, the authorities released the photos and statements about the condition of Chris's denim shorts. I originally talked about how some people say it was folded and that was never true. But also the rumors were that they were supposed to be like put there intentionally and like zippered up and everything, meaning either she took them off and they did get in the river, which would have led to, yeah, maybe something happened in the river and or someone took them off for her and had time to fold them and put them there. However, the truth is, when investigators found Chris's shorts, they were caught in a tree that was partially submerged in a waterfall under the river, like the tree was growing kind of sideways, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And the official report stated that the jean shorts had no trace of bodily fluids or skin cells on them, but they had dirt on them. And there were some holes in the shorts that were not shown in previous photos from the day of their hike, meaning it had gotten torn or ripped. 
But that's how long it had to have been probably submerged in the water if there was no trace of skin cells anymore. Now, the items in the skeletal fragments that were found were found miles away from where the girls were suspected to have been. And they were found both upstream and downstream. So that's one thing. We can't just say like things floated because things were found in both directions. And they never would have made it that far in a dense jungle if they were injured at all. If they weren't injured, though, why did this happen? Like, that's kind of like weird to think like these two healthy, fit girls. I mean, you could get lost. I get that. But wouldn't they have kept. They would have been alive. That's what I'm saying. They would have been lost, but they would have been alive. If that was the case, we would have had them die of dehydration, starvation, something like that more, I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. or wind up at a tribe or in a village in this area, something like that. So we would have had that scenario. Now, a strange photo showed up on some random dead local guy's phone. Dead local. Dead. Okay. Now, he had a photo of two girls. One was a brunette and one was a redhead. It kind of possibly looked like Chris and Lee Ann, And it showed up on the phone of a drowned man who was who was dead because he was drowned and he was a gang member. And that was four days after the girls disappeared. So that's that like weird put a pin in it thing, like this local murderer guy who was also in a gang. He was a murderer, but he got murdered. And um, he had a weird photo on his phone. And that's where they left that. They didn't investigate more into that one. That's interesting. Now, the tour guide that was involved was the last person to see them. And he was also the very first person that found their remains. The tour guide from Boquette has family members who are also likely involved in gang activity in the region. Probably not the same gang as the guy I mentioned before, though. Now, he expressed fear at times during his interviewing process, and he issued he had issues of misconduct for hanging out with clients and tourists outside of their normal tour times. So like he had already been in trouble for things like this. And he happened to find the girls and he was the last person to see them. Well, I mean, that's kind of the perfect gig, right? Because if you're in a gang and you're doing sex trafficking, I'm going to be a tour guide. Mm-hmm. How better? But even that's- more weirdly enough, what if he was in the same gang as the guy who had the photo or something? And maybe that guy let something slip or maybe something happened. And then you see like, nope, that guy takes the now. fall and he dies for it. And now this guy's on the on the clear because he's like no 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 look into him more and so then they kind of even forget about the main guy just Mm. a weird thing so the investigation was really sketchy there's been no fingerprints taken the authorities didn't even think that they have all the evidence they've said the police reports originally were all marked homicide and then they got changed and were marked natural death and then the police reports were leaked to the press when they weren't even supposed to be and it's just been I hate to say it, some shoddy police work, potentially. Potentially. So that's where we leave it. And the thing is, is quite a few other podcasts have covered this case. And every few years, just a little bit more has either been like figured out or changed, but it's never been enough. And that is one of the reasons why we've scheduled this exact episode every month since we started this. And I've waited each time because I would read or find out like the tiniest little thing. And I'm like, okay, wait, I'll wait a little bit longer because I'm hoping (laughs) that one of those times we would just find out. But we haven't. And I'm not losing faith. This is my personal. um, What is that thing called? (laughs) Holy shit. I'm going to be so mad at myself. What is that thing? Vendetta? 
What? No. You said personal. So I, I know. Like, Sorry. No, I was thinking of a case and you're not going to know. No. Okay. Can't be helpful. What is that case? Oh my God. Okay. You guys can all get mad at me. Ready? What is that case where the kids are all on the mountain? You all know what I'm talking about right now. I only know the Russian guy, the Russian guys, the Russian people, the Yeti. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, the Russian people. What is it called? Dyatlov. Dyatlov Pass. Look at me. I knew something. Yes. This is my personal Dyatlov Pass that I want to solve. Oh, this yeah. case. For sure. Like, I've always wanted to solve this and Phoebe Hansjuck. These are my two. By the way, guys, Dyatlov was a Yeti. 100%. No, it was solved. It wasn't a Yeti. I don't but believe okay. that. It's a Yeti. <laughs> the creators of Frozen solved it. That sounds such a stupid sentence to say. But so that I mean, that's kind of where we like leave it. And unfortunately, we just I don't I don't want to say this sentence, but I really, really I don't know if we're going to get more answers. Other than Phoebe, is this the only uh, unsolved case that we've done? Hmm, is it? I think it is. It might be. I don't think we had any others. I don't think so either. I mean, like, we have, like, unsolved cryptids. That doesn't count. That doesn't (laughs) count. Yeah. But as far as actual cases, yeah, I think this is our only true unsolved case. Can't wait to to hurt your feelings and find some more. Mm. Oh, buddy. Yeah. It just really frustrates me. I know. Doesn't it, like, make you just, like... No, this isn't our only one because I said one of them reminded me of Phoebe, didn't I? Well, I said Phoebe. I know, and I said something. I feel like we did another case, and I was like, this this reminds me of Phoebe when we were doing it. I don't think so. Us scrolling through all of our episodes. <laughs> Down with the sickness? Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine bear is kind of unsolved because we don't know who the other guy is. Oh, because I was thinking I think of Brittany Drexel, but then that ended up getting solved like around the time I was writing it. And we were like, oh, Mm -hmm. shoot, we have to. Dior Koontz was unsolved, technically. Oh, yeah. We don't know what happened in that one. Um, And then, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's all. That's our only unsolves. That's crazy. I guess I really, really have a thing against unsolved things. It just it feels so scary i like teaching a lesson when i'm doing an episode and i feel like if it's unsolved i can't Mm -hmm. this lesson tonight is don't go outside don't go hiking in the jungle don't leave the house take a dog if you go i would take a dog so for my sources i used a lot on this one because i had been working on this one for quite a few months because like i said every time i kept getting a little more I used the docu-series Lost in the Wild Season 1, Episode 3, The Hike into Hell. Uh, the YouTube uh, Chris and Chris Kremers and Lee Sand Froon, The Missing Girls of Panama by Rick Cleland. The YouTube uh, Accident or Murder, What Happened to the Michi- Missing Dutch Girls by Peaked Interest. The book Lost in the Jungle, The Mysterious Disappearance of Chris Kremers and Lee Sand Froon in Panama by the people I had talked about earlier, Snorin and West. A news article from The Sun. And then I used three websites that all had ties to um, like news articles. 
it, one of them was from Elite Readers, one is from All That's Interesting, and one is from The Daily Beast. So it was a lot because they all had very interesting things. Well, and I feel like everyone has a different theory and different perspectives because it is unsolved. So it's like, what do you believe? Okay, what do you believe? And I don't always think that's bad. I think no. sometimes that's helpful, but I do yes. also know sometimes how that can hurt a case, as we've talked about in the Idaho Four, and how everyone knows of Cecil House, Cecil House, Cecil, 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 Cecil like Cecil House, Cecil Hotel. Sorry, <laughs> um, there's a lot more, but again, like I say, I always try to stay relevant with ones Kylie would know. Um, well, and sometimes you get the weird things, like if you think that it's more of like a like a haunting type of deal. But then other people are like, well, I don't believe in that. So it's got to be science. Like it yeah. has to be debunked, essentially, for it's, being a haunting. I mean, th- that's kind of Dyatlov. People are like, oh, yeah. well, it was either weather, another person or a Yeti. And then you have some people are like, well, Yetis don't exist. So that's already one strike. No, it was a Yeti. And people are like, well, <laughs> no, they do. So <laughs> take that on the record. <laughs> so oh, I, I don't know. I don't have any answers. And I really don't even know where to speculate because I... I don't have any theories, really. I think they were found by someone and they were trying to take photos. And that's why the that original photo was deleted, because they took an actual good photo of them. And then, but then who deleted it? The people. The killer? That, yeah. Or because, I mean, the 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 camera was found in the backpack and the backpack was intentionally put somewhere. So technically, yes, someone could have done that. And then I don't think that they drowned or like fell in because things were found in different areas. Like literally. I mean, unless there was like a natural disaster type of type of deal, you're not going to find bones upstream and downstream. Correct. So that unless they were drug around by an animal. But we already know that's probably not the case, because, again, there was no like marks. You would at least have some teeth marks. Animals aren't delicate. Yeah, they're not going to just be like, I'm going to take this little bone and bring it upstream. Like that's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, really don't think it was natural. I just this case is one of those where it, it once you start into it, you're just pissed from then until pretty much forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. Well. That's another one on the docket. I was trying not to say that's all again or whatever. I usually that's say. that. That's that. That's what I say. I couldn't even remember what I say, so I couldn't say it. <laughs> I did that earlier with the post today. I was like, what do I normally say? I've just been all over the place at work. It's insane. It's literally insane. Yeah. I, um, I will say, guys, so we're going to we're going to start our closing notes, but I do want to give a little thing. I've been a little bit slower at replying on social media, but I'm reading everything. I had some people reach out to me to talk to me about older cases, but then I had some real we had some of the most intellectually stimulating conversation about the Idaho four because of the strong stance I took on the roommate and people actually being really nice to me. I was very shocked that that happened. So um, I've been replying, but Kylie and I are going through a lot um, just in like our normal lives. We're getting all of our episodes. We're getting to you guys. And I promise. But we're going through um, just like, you know, we're both in a big part, a change in our careers. Both of us are currently. And um, Kylie and I have the sad news to break to you guys. We're we're no longer going to be roomies. Yeah, it's lame. 
Um, <laughs> we're we're in the process. To think about it. <laughs> we're in the process of no longer living together. Actually, we're gonna. That's gonna change here soon. I mean, I'm happy for you though. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um, I mean, we're still gonna have normal episodes. Everything's gonna be fine, you guys. Don't worry. Don't worry. Shit's good. We're not like leaving on bad terms. We're we still have a podcast together. We can't. And we're still gonna record in the same room <laughs> yeah. for most of the time. Life's gonna be normal. Yeah. But we're just um in the middle of, you know, we're packing, we're cleaning, we're doing, we're doing so many things. So if we're taking a little bit longer than we normally do, I'm so sorry. We don't mean anything by it. We've gotten a few requests lately, and I have been telling everyone. I always try to put your request as the next month's episode. I'm struggling a little bit of that right now because I wrote like two months worth of episodes <laughs> in case I fall behind. So if you like request something, I'm like, cool, I'll get to it at the end of March. Athena is a little bit of an overachiever at, the, at this point. I'm just trying to stay ahead. I'm so sorry, guys. I just don't want to I don't want to fall behind. <laughs> so thank you guys, everyone, for that's that's being understanding. and has been wishing us well for the people that know things and stuff. Just, you know, give us a little time. We'll get to all of you. I promise. If you know, you know. I-Y-K-Y-K. Yeah. Snap, 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 girlfriend. (laughs) So thank you guys to everyone that talks to us and just helps us with everything. Talks through things with us. Shares anything. Does anything. Joins the conversation. Joins the conversation. That helps make this podcast what it is, too. You guys are all part of the CSP family. And always a big shout out and big thanks to Corey core.media.photography every week for helping us don't forget to follow us on instagram which is at cryptic soup pod where our dams are always open for suggestions so slide on in you can also join the facebook group which is cryptic soup pod official in this group we post further updates on our lives or our cases join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the csp fam all of our links can easily be found at crypticsouppod.com as well And guys, just as a heads up, when we do release the 411 updates for um, Idaho 4 and things like that, we will put out an episode. I do promise that and we'll like talk about it. It might be really short or whatever, but we did get a bunch of people saying that they want to hear the actual update. However, more than likely, we'll post it on the Cryptic Soup Pod official and stuff first. So be sure you're part of the Facebook group and everything so we can talk about it, have a discussion. You guys can hear what's happening and things first. Because I will, the moment we find stuff out, I'm going to be up Kylie's ass asking her to post stuff and telling her what I need her to say to y'all so that you guys have the information right away. We'll keep you in the loop. Because that's the first the first round of uh, getting the information out to you guys. Because once we record it, we still have to real quick edit it before we can even post it out into the world. Because sometimes Kylie and I make little, little errors. I know it seems crazy, but we do it here and there slightly somewhat sometimes barely a little bit (laughs) but no uh, we do and so we do have to edit some episodes and stuff that was saber everyone congratulations (laughs) for meeting her (laughs) Um, so we do have to uh put something out there follow the group if you want to find out first and foremost Thank you also to everyone that leaves Apple podcast reviews and ratings, good pod ratings, all that kind of stuff. Spotify ratings. They mean a lot to us and they just help us feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It's like a Sherpa. Yeah. I when I'm um writing episodes, I listen to audiobooks for most of it. But then once I'm done listening to the audiobook as much as I can and I feel like my outline's done, 
I then rewrite my outline a second time, just so you guys know how I work. Um, I also read it to multiple people. Yes. (laughs) I also then rewrite the entire outline and I will like move things around and make sure it makes cohesive sense, things like that. And how I do that is that's when I go through and I double check like news articles, police reports and stuff and make sure I'm getting the latest, most accurate like things that I could get. And when I do that, I listen to music and I have the most chaotic playlists ever. And if anyone ever wants to know like what I'm vibing to when I'm writing, I'll let you guys know. I bet you you're wrong because we (laughs) look like music we don't listen to. Corey earlier said that also again, he reminded me that I look like I should be knocked loose as number one fan. Yes. When in reality, I am Harry Styles is number one fan. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. You you should definitely request our our playlist because that would be that would be fun. Although I have been on the nineteen seventy five. I listened to the nineteen seventy five for nine hours straight, three days in a row. Now you, you should guys. probably stop that. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm I'm actually nervous. They're going to become my number one played again. They have been my number one played artist more than any other artist ever since I got Spotify in 2011. Isn't that scary? Wow. You're a true fan. But they weren't even around in 2011. <laughs> like that's how long I've No, I know, but I know. Yeah. Still you're a you're a you're a true hipster fan. Like I, that is the ew, definition of a hipster. I am. You are. I don't mean to be. You are. I though. didn't discover them. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that deep. I just like them. Yeah. A lot. And you like I, them a lot. <laughs> Today, I decided that I was going to do a thing. I'm going to name like I'm going to put a note in my phone and I'm going to write all my favorite music artists at the time and my favorite song of them at that time. And then like every few months, I'm going to update it so I can see like how my mood shifts Mm -hmm. and my favorite song by an artist shifts and like how my favorite artist shifts and stuff like that. And I'm going to do that because we all know I love staying organized and it's pretty fun. My list right now is a little weird and when I was really sitting down and thinking about like my favorite song by an artist I kind of surprised myself what is your favorite song of all time I have two I have two but I want you to go first okay so my first one is collective soul and it is the song is like the world we live in or something the world I'll look it up um and then the second one is car radio by 21 pilots isn't that weird? So my favorite song is from the 70s. <laughs> See, I like Collective Soul, so it works. It is Brandy, You're a Fine Girl from it's The, world the Looking know. Glass. Yes, I love that song. I love that song. I told you guys that was my Vecna song even. Oh, yeah. I, I love that song. And then if I really like thought about it, this is so kind of sad because <laughs> it's. It's because of where my life's at, really. Um, and I would say it is all I need to hear by the 1975, but it is strictly because I swear to God, you guys, I'm going to marry Margie one day. And that is going to be the song I'm going to ask that girl to have my first dance view with, because every time I hear that song, I cannot think of anything except for like spending my life with her. And I've oh. realized and it was like that song I was listening to one day when I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm in love. And like, that's what like the moment it clicked. And I was yeah. like. Shit. So now I can't like not do that, you know? And so because of that, it became one of my all time favorite songs because obviously I'm happy with my relationship. So my favorite song is going to deal with what makes me happy. <laughs> so gay. So sappy, man. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, it's it's kind of a like a dumb thing. answer. Ugh, I hate it. 
<laughs> I don't listen to any other like 21 Pilots, but I don't I could not tell you a single other song from the 70s. Well, cuz I feel song. like I just feel like Wow, we they, saved all of our chitter chatter for the end for once. We did good. I feel like they changed. I think I just feel like they changed a lot compared to like what they were when they first came out. And everyone was like, oh, my God, we love them. And then I don't know what collective soul is. I'm going to say if you want to know the truth. I think you do. Do I? Yeah. Hmm. Because it's like that, like alternative, what technically was rock when we were growing up. I probably do. Yeah, if I heard them, but it just doesn't uh, click in the moment type thing. I saw them IRL in a concert when I was young. You you didn't have to do that. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I posted the status today about how that bugs me. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You little brat. No, you posted about grammar. And I said, I hate when people shorten words. I didn't shorten a word. It's abbreviation. Oh, my God. I don't like it. Stop. <laughs> um, so, uh-huh. okay. That's anyway, where, that's where we're at. Now you know a little bit more about us. Does anybody want to make us a playlist? I'll listen Ooh, to it. Yes. I'm serious. We're too. Spotify. We're avid like Spotify listeners. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I like, give, us your, give us your spotty. Your spotty. Or playlist. if you don't use spotty and you want to. I like calling it spotty. That's yeah, fine right now. <laughs> Or if you don't spotty, you could just be like, hey, I'm sorry I use this, but here's like three to five songs. Jam them out. Yeah. We'll listen to them. We might like a screenshot, but like we'll take a screenshot. Yeah. We're always open to new songs. We'll make a spotty playlist for you for your playlist on Apple or whatever you listen. Yeah. I'll make my what I write podcast too. You guys are gonna be like, Jesus Christ. I listen to a lot of really sad stuff too. Whoops. Yeah, I do too. I like I love being sad. Yeah, it's fine. It's so fine. It's it's musical. Yeah, it's, it's such a good emotion. Oh, all right, guys. Well, <laughs> thanks for hanging around tonight. We had a little chit chat with you at the end. I like this. This was fun. I like this little get to know us just hidden here in the end. Let's us see who. Ow. I just hit myself <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I just like how it was like clink. Ow. <laughs> it was so abrupt. <laughs> Um, it, it'll teach us who does and doesn't listen all the way to the end. Oh, yeah, it will. Is that you? <laughs> are you are you listening? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> all right, guys. So subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us. And remember to join in on the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. Um, so this episode is about Chris and Chris and Lisanne. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. I'm restarting. (laughs) 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 I wanted to know when I went to Mexico, because I know like Mexico and South America and Central America are all very like different. But I was like, I want to know because they look on maps not that far apart. So I was like, I wonder how far where I went to Mexico is from Panama because there was Mexican cartels that we had to drive through and they warned us that like we were going to. They like were very protective. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I wonder how far they are. By car, they're 43 and a half hours. <laughs> oh, that's a long <laughs> time. So much further than I thought they were. <laughs> that's funny. But if you go by boat, they're only four and a half hours because it's you have to go all the way around the inlet. 
but they're literally directly across from each other. Okay. Like you could see each other across the pond. You gotta gotta get rid of that like yeah, that's a weird, lot. weird uh pause. And I'll then I was looking everything up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.